Yeah, where are you going? Chicago. Chicago? Chicago. You know you're in St. Louis? Yes, I do. Why don't you try the airlines? A lot faster and you get a free meal. If I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the John and watch you take a leak. Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouthfuls podcast, a movie podcast with zero table manners. Each episode we'll be tucking into movies and at some point the odd television show to chow down on some of the most iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history, as well as just about everything else we can get our hands on, which usually in our case just means anything with the vaguest hint of food so we can talk about it anyway. I'm your host Jordan, a bloke who just like this week's protagonist will pair with just about anyone to achieve his goals of being known as the film fella online. And speaking of anyone, I'm of course joined by the UK's number one competitive eater, returning from his own crazy trip to New York, it's my my co-host, Bimmy's Food! <laughs> that was a good intro. You nailed it this week. How long did it take you to come up with that line? Two weeks since you've been <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny because it's true. How's well, it going, man? Yeah, yeah. I would say welcome back. Welcome back to Blighty. Um, I'd probably... like to say it's, it's good to be back here. It's n- not so much, but you know. <laughs> Christmas is coming. You know, I'm trying to get in a, in a festive spirit. How was how was New York? And did, did you like my little rendition of New York, New York on the bonus clip? From the yeah, other week. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bit of Sinatra. <laughs> I just killed it. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because the, the intro, introduction to my, uh, my my first video is actually like a little parody of that um, of that tune. Um, much better than your rendition, but um, fair enough. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I would like to say it was enjoyable. It, I mean, it was just like lots of. I'm not going to get my violin out and say, oh, you know, it was such hard work, but it was quite intense. <laughs> the plight of beard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm. It's nice to be back and just take a few days of uh, you know, to not eat tons of food. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, I, I just, I can't compare. I, I've never done that. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, you know, I'll take your word for it. So I guess being on a flight. We kind of were talking about off podcast, but since this is interesting stuff for people, plane movies. Any any movies you watch? Anything? Because I know you were busy, busy, busy working, but you you know you sat on a plane for quite a long time. I get fucking PTSD. I get PTSD from from going on planes, you know. <laughs> so I try. Oh, I, I, I'm straight on the like. I normally I read actually because, um, well, normally movies on planes are awful. Uh, and second, I like to look a little bit, you know, academic. Um, not joking. <laughs> Just reading it upside down. <laughs> the funniest thing is on this gent on the way out there, I watched, um, I did watch some films, but I read Animal Farm, you know, George Orwell. Oh yeah. <laughs> because on the last trip, I thought, like, I don't know, it's like a lucky thing. The last trip I, I reread, the, I mean, I've read it before, but I, I, I reread the, um, 1984 in the last one, which was a bit depressing, but I thought, fuck it, I'll read Animal Farm. It's, it's, it's even more depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're trying, it's kind of disguised almost like a kid's book, isn't it? But, um, yeah, on the on the way out, I, I watched Sound of Metal, which we, we Riz Ahmed is fantastic in that. We mentioned the, it last week, didn't we? Yeah, like the last episode even was it? Uh, so yeah. like four weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know who the the female lead is in that film, but she's also equally fantastic. As is the bloke in the kind of deaf hippie commune thing. Um, essentially, in short, very well acted. And I watched this thing called the um, the Kid Detective. Which I would highly recommend. It's kind of like a hidden gem, bit of a dark comedy. When you was explaining this earlier, my brain just went to Inspector Gadget, and I was like, "You've just forgotten what Inspector Gadget is, and you've called it something else." But apparently, it's no. not that. It sounds completely have, different. No, he had no gadgets and quite a serious <laughs> alcohol addiction. So um, not instead, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> so not Inspector Gadget. No. Go go alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> I watched. I watched a couple on the way back to. I watched um thing with Hugo Weaving, Hearts and Bones, which was pretty depressing about um. Uh, a dude that was used to—I'm not going to get into specifics because like he's like a war, um, 
uh, not a war veteran, but he's he's been subject to a you know like a war in Central Africa somewhere, I think. Right. And um, it's quite depressing. And Hugo Weaving has PTSD, so he keeps breaking down and crying. Um, so I wouldn't good. recommend That's, that one. That doesn't sound like the Hugo Weaving that we when you exited this country on our last episode. Yeah. Which if, you, if no one has listened to that yet, the uh, V for, for Vendetta episode. I mean, you've had two weeks. Should have listened to it by now. But if you haven't, shows his range though. Like he, he yeah. comes across the. Um, He's, he's a little bit kind of more fragile in this film. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. And I watched John Q, rewatched John Q with Denzel. Um, I, I know you're probably going to tell me you've not seen it, but... Um, yeah. I, no, <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched a couple of decent films, yeah. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I was going to say, I've got like... Uh, I, I just missed you so much that I just watched like a ton of films just to, to make up for lost time, you know. Nothing that you would particularly turn around and go... Because normally, like, I can't believe you haven't seen that, but what I did is I doubled down on watching stuff that's mainly new. <laughs> so, so you, you forewent the, uh, the, the the comic book movies and the, you know, the superhero well, stuff. Well, actually, the I started shit. with a comic book movie because yeah. of the week that you, um, you know, vacated this uh, very country, um, Marvel's Eternals came out, so check that, that out. That looks absolute shit. Is it good? It's not as bad as the sort of like the <laughs> review panel no but it's not it's, it's not the best one i ranked it 17th out of like 26 marvel films it'd so be 26 now fucking yeah, that's about 23 too many yeah well anyway the, it's okay so if you haven't if you've been sat on that and because i thought it was going to be shit like and you know what i'm like i i love these films i looked at it and i was just like what have you what have you done <laughs> but yeah it's, it's okay um maybe i'll do a video on it who knows um, I, I watched Mortal one. Kombat 2021, which is not that great, but it kind of sets up. It looks like something better is going to come in the next one. So I, I enjoyed Mortal Kombat. Um, it's enjoyable. It's just not very good. Like I, you know, what I enjoyed. I thought there's a part when you just go fucking yeah and that's when like it's the whole scorpion sub-zero thing yeah yeah the, that mma fighter guy with like his little six-year-old sister as his coach in the corner mm. that's just like that that's never happening in a mortal combat universe <laughs> come on man but um apart from that i thought it was the, the effects are such these days that it could be done justice i think the action sequence yeah no no it, it it's entertaining I I just think, but I, I, part of me thinking it's bad. It's not necessarily bad. It's just I think it's cheesy. But that's kind of it. Kind of works for a film like that, like it's supposed to be. So like maybe I'm being a bit too critical. I'll, I'm looking forward to see what they do next. Um, I watched Willy's Wonderland, which before you say anything is not the anything cage. naughty. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's the Nicolas Cage film um, where he basically doesn't say anything for an entire film and then fights furries. <laughs> for... That motherfucker just he must churn out like fifteen films a year. He well, he's supposed to slow down with all this. I watched um, a video on this because I was like, I was watching it and I was quite enjoying it. It's it it's good, but it's also shit at the same time. And I was watching it, I was like, <laughs> I, I love Nicolas Cage, and I was just like, this is so weird. Why does he keep doing these films? So I looked it up, and apparently, because he was in loads of debt with like the IRS or whatever, like a few years ago, he's basically just taking on anything so any any paid job he'll just do it like we could write him like he, he could be you in a beard meets food movie and we could probably get him on board just get josh to do the the cinematography and yeah, we'll maybe. be yeah we could actually like i think that'd be a great proposal like i don't know from from the days of conair his, his career <laughs> took a bit of a turn around that whole bangkok dangerous era you know mm. and the motherfuckers was in everything um I yeah, don't, I'm, I don't want. I'm swearing a lot because I've still got kind of jet lag, <laughs> so I'm still, <laughs> still cantankerous. But um, 
yeah um so it still sounds good i'll put it on the maybe pile you should give it a watch just because it's stupid um what you shouldn't watch and i've done it for you and you just don't need to and i'm sure you wouldn't anyway because it's you and you'll be like oh shit but uh, <laughs> home sweet home alone which is the remake of home alone on on disney plus it's terrible guys it's got some really good people in it and it's just shit it's just, it's got like Rob Delaney in it. Um, it's got the kid from Jojo Rabbit, not the main kid, but his, his mate who's the little cute, like Nazi kid in it. The what? Uh, yeah, that sounds strange <laughs> unless you've seen Jojo Rabbit, but it makes sense. Um, but yeah, it, it's got good people in it and they've just doubled down on trying to make, it's modern, but they've tried to make it like Home Alone, but it's still set in that universe and it's a continuation. It's just like, none of it makes any sense. It's just shite. Don't bother. Don't watch it. I, I would. I wouldn't have bothered. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you, you make Home Alone. Like even Home Alone Two. Home Alone Two was stretching it. But the it first was still, two were good. Still had Macaulay Culkin. After that, they just they just cash cowed it into yeah. VHS tape only. You know, yeah. releases which were a bit shite. Yeah, I'll, I'll forego that one. Um, I watched Red Notice on Netflix, um, which is that new one that's got um, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, as most people know, um, Gal Gadot, and um, Ryan Reynolds. It's, You've got a little bit of a thing for Ryan Reynolds, don't it, you? I, I, I love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I know, yeah. but you were watching it with your tissues on the side. And... <laughs> Call me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's um, it's okay. It's, yeah. it's just okay. It's literally like any other action film that Netflix have churned out. Like they churn out, what, two a year for the past five years that they've been doing it, these big budget ones. It's, it's okay. Worth a watch, but that's it. I then watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. How many fucking films I, look, are you I doing? Just, I just, I'm just going through. Um, I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife, and this is a little plug. I put out a video this very evening. So by Friday, it'll have been out a couple of days. Um, my thoughts on Ghostbusters in, Afterlife. And go, I thought you, I was going to wait for you to <laughs> fall off of your chair because I've made a video. Go watching Glorious 720p. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 1080p, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, they're all short. I've made nice short reviews because I'm not, a professional reviewer. I'm not going to go on about all get on, the get fancy on TikTok, shit. son, and do like a little daft dance <laughs> while you're doing <laughs> dance it. in front of it. Yeah, no, that's it, it's short, but not that short. It's like three minutes. It's easy. It's digestible, and um, I'll say no more because you can go check that out. Yeah, find go out watch what that. I thought. Um, I'll, I'll, and I'll then I finally myself. watched Matrix Revolutions because the new one's coming out, and I've not seen the third one, so it's not that good, is it? I, I watched the first Matrix, and I didn't really. I was like, meh. First one's good, second one's all right, third one's not great. This fourth one looks good, but I love Keanu Reeves, so we'll see. Yeah. And then I also watched Sound of Metal because you mentioned it last week and it, it, it wormed its way into my brain. It was like, why the hell have you not watched this yet? So I watched that. Cool. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, I just rattled through them. I just thought, I've, I, you know, I just making up for all the lost time. I got two weeks to myself, you know, churned out that little bonus episode just to tell people where you'd gone and why we'd abandoned them and then like yeah i'll just i'll fill the void with some films some well, you mostly shite films <laughs> you absolutely packed the void full of <laughs> shite miniature bite-sized reviews i, there, I finished yeah. it with a good film though i finished yeah. it with sound of metal so that's okay but um i guess we should probably get on with this episode <laughs> probably. <since I> probably <laughs> talked for too long um what is it that we're talking about this week before we dive into it today we are doing planes trains and automobiles but hey hey wait wait there's no there's no food in that hang on about it there is there is there is some food little bits of food but there's also foods that was in the film that is no longer in the film so as we always allude to you know they're not always the most famous or iconic cinematic cuisine scenes this one is kind of like the polar opposite because it would have been but they were never in there so we're going to talk about that so should we jump into it 
Let's give me that sweet, sweet riff. <laughs> It's the only reason you came back in it. I know it feels good. I, I just, I, I've never shared them with you. They're just on this computer, and you just have to wait. And yeah. I just like drip feed the riffs to you it's slowly. True what they the say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> uh, so yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles. The 1987 John Hughes classic, which surprise, surprise, I thought I'd seen I hadn't. So I'm just going to own up to it now. Not yeah. seen it before, but. It was good because I really enjoyed watching it. It's a really good film. It's really fun. And we don't have Thanksgiving over here, but the other reason we've picked it is obviously because for any of our US listeners this week, you'll be traveling up and down and across the country for hundreds of miles to visit your grandma in a different state or whatever and have turkey and cranberries and whatever you guys Unless do. Unless your grandma lives in the same state. Obviously, I'm not suggesting you move your grandma to a different <laughs> state just so you can do the, the, the movie trope of travelling across the country to them. But uh, yeah, that's that's why we picked it. it. Also, Beard wouldn't let me pick another comic book movie. I was going to suggest we do Spider-Man. Yeah, of course you were. For, for, you know, for a bit of synergy, because obviously the new one's coming out, so we might do it for that week instead. Who knows? I'll force him into it. <laughs> but there's okay. a Thanksgiving scene in that. But we're I, doing I this wanted one. to, for the record, I wanted to do Scent of a Woman with, uh, with Al Pacino, because <laughs> that does actually have a Thanksgiving meal scene in, which is quite, I mean, it's a great film, but, you know, I think... It, we, we, have, we, we have to compromise somewhere. We, we're somewhere between the, the kind of TikTok generation uh, <laughs> and, like, we, you know, the, the Jimmy Stewart generation. So I'm somewhere in the middle and, you know... We, we'll we, come we, back to it. We can always come back to it. This is a good, good middle ground, I reckon. Also, it's partially set in New York, so that's the other theme. Like, you've just come back Ooh, from and New York. I just, so. uh, yeah, I came back on a plane, too. Not yeah. a train. Uh, yeah. Partially on automobile. Yeah. Uh, because I landed in Manchester. So, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're all the reasons why we've picked this, and we'll go into the foodstuffs later. But since you've been away, I hope you're not too rusty, but can you explain to our listeners what this movie is all about? This should be a piece of tea ready. <laughs> Essentially, um, Steve Martin, um, who a lot of kids these days probably don't know because he's not been that active um, of late. But Although so, it's quite easy to recognise him because he just looks the same from 1987 all the way up to yeah, about 2010. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was like the 1980s, 1990s Paul Rudd. You know, you just yes. never seem to age. You be, well, he looked like 40 from the age of 20, but then never looked <laughs> any older. But anyway, he's a... Was he a salesman or something? Or he's, for some reason, he's on the he's, road away from his family. Um, he works in New York for a marketing company and he oh, lives in it. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And um, he uh, essentially... In short, the film is about him trying to get back to his family for Thanksgiving. He has promised his wife he will be there no later than, I think he says, 10 p.m. the same day. Yeah, yeah. But, a, you know, a blizzard kind of comes in. Naturally, all the flights get cancelled. And um, he uh, he doesn't make it back, uh, let's say, uh, as planned. And hijinks ensue, as they usually... I think I say that every week. There are some hijinks, you know, there are some like obstacles the <laughs> yeah, that have to be overcome. And it, it, it's essentially a travel, like a travel buddy movie, right? Because he meets John Candy's character, who's a little bit like Uncle Buck. But um, yeah. he just, again, he just plays a bit of a dude, you know, style character. And it's about the two of them kind of crossing paths, um, sometimes by design, sometimes by chance, and essentially making their way back to their respective homes, hopefully in time for Thanksgiving. Did I do that justice? That's, that's pretty accurate. And, and they use planes, trains, and automobiles to yeah. do it. <laughs> it should have yeah. got a boat in there, I think, at some point. Like, you know, just to make that, it that epic. Was, that was the sequel. 
Planes, trains, automobiles, <laughs> and boats. <laughs> it, it wasn't. There was, there was no sequel. Boats and scooters. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we've mentioned it before. We've obviously done Uncle Buck um, a few episodes back. So this is obviously a John Hughes classic, um, obviously of fame from The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller and Did he do a lot Harry and the Hendersons? Um, the, 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 weird, uh, the, the Sasquatch thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not entirely sure, but it feels like his kind of bet you a area. If I had a million, I, I don't, I'll bet you, like a hundred, I don't know. Um, yeah, Steve Martin, as we just mentioned, so if you don't know who he is, um, he, he was in like the Pink Panther remake, he was in Cheaper by the Dozen, for anyone that does remember that, Father of the Bride, Ellery Three, Story. Th- Three Amigos. Three Amigos, the, the list goes on. John Candy, obviously we've mentioned before, but Uncle Buck, Cool Runnings, etc. Uh, do, do you want to name any more? Before I've, I've named the titular two, but is there any others that you want to mention you like that didn't you? you like it when i do like little uh little catchphrases and can stuff. we get matching t-shirts that say titular too <laughs> can do could if you i could be our tag team name uh no I'd, yeah, I'd, i could probably name more but i'm not gonna there's quite a lot of cameos in this and um when we get to the facts section there's a bit of an explanation as to why some people that you you would recognize and be like oh my god they're in it and then they're in it and they're gone within like seconds um there is a reason for it. It's not just because there were cameos, but we'll get to that. Can, can I mention one thing? Because I thought this might excite you a little bit. Oh, go on. Given that I know Jurassic Park's your pretty much favourite film on, of all time, no, right? No, no, you're did, going. You, did you notice that the, the hotel concierge, mm-hmm. um, probably wouldn't call him that because it's a fucking booted old hotel, <laughs> just a, an attendant, um, is the dude. He's actually one of the foodstuffs in the film, technically, because he gets <laughs> eaten by the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Correct. So, yes, one of the people I was going to mention, you've got Martin, uh, Martin, you've got Martin Ferrero, um, who's the second motel clerk in the uh, credits. And yes, he plays the lawyer Gennaro from Jurassic Park. The, the, so, the, the well blood, done, blood, uh, keen the eye there. The blood-sucking lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the blood-sucking lawyer. You're getting, uh, getting lines in there. So I'm going to convert you. By, by next year, you'll be seeing a new one. You'll be obsessed. I, I like Jurassic Park. It's didn't like all the sequels <laughs> um you've got um lila or layla i'm not sure if which is the correct pronunciation but it's l-a-i-l-a is that lila maybe i don't know Layla, lila lila. robbins she plays his um wife which again we'll talk about this in a bit but you've it kind of the the film kind of nudges that there might be like some sort of subplot with her but it never really reveals what it is but we'll get to it. She was in um, True Crime, Eye in the Sky, um, that TV series that everyone bangs on about, The Blacklist. Um, she was in The Boys. Um, she was, um, a little link to one of our previous episodes, she was in both the original and the new TV series for The Equalizer. So she must oh. have had like a, a reappearance or a reoccurring role where she came back when they redid that. Um You've got Michael McKean, who is the state trooper slash the speeding cop that gets him near the end. Um, he is the brother of Saul Goodman from Better Call Saul. He was in Clue, and he's also in This Is Spinal Tap. So, ah, I didn't know that. Um, obviously, you've got Kevin Bacon at the beginning, who is just um, he's credited as Taxi Racer. Um, there is a fact to do with him. I don't know if you know anything about Kevin Bacon. It Not not in general, <laughs> before you say that. Yeah, I was at the pub with him last week. Yeah, good, good but in relation to this film, if you don't, then I've got an interesting fact for you. Um, but he was in Tremors and Footloose, obviously. Don't got, forget Hollow Man. <laughs> yeah. 
You've got Dylan Baker, who plays Owen, which is the guy that spits all over his hand when he's getting the lift. Um, you may recognise him. Obviously, obviously, I recognised him almost immediately for this. Uh, he played Dr. Kurt Connors in Spider-Man 2 and 3, but never turned into the lizard. But obviously, we got that later on. Yeah. Uh, he was also in a more recent film, um, Selma, which is about like the black civil rights movement as well. Yeah. Um, Martin Ferrero we've mentioned and you've got Larry Hankin who I recognised as well he is credited as Doobie slash taxi driver um, and he is from the TV series Friends he plays Mr Heckles but he was also in Breaking Bad so I don't watch either of those I mean obviously I've seen episodes of Friends but um, yeah I'm not a big fan right okay so you uh, you know what time it is yeah you've got the jingle at the ready as well maybe what if I've deleted it what are you going to do <laughs> <laughs> Fucking knock you out. <laughs> That's right, it's uh, Beard's favourite time of the week. The fucking harmonies and that just get me out. I hear like new layers in it every time. He was, um, just as a side note, I sent you a, a link earlier, and this isn't like a, a, a jab at anyone that like messages you on your, your Twitter or anything, but someone was asking like a Canadian fan about who it was. <laughs> I can't remember, uh, what did they call him? Something Trawler or something like that? I forget the name. They, could, they said it sounds like some guy like Steve... Uh, uh, it's, it's something, something, it's something really know. strange but I mean, I'm obviously in like a chat group with, with Hi Honey, my, my mate Johnny and um, he saw that, screenshot it put it in the uh, chat and then was like from this day forth I'm going to be known as, as this guy and just changed his name in the chat to, to whoever it was, you try to find it I'm trying and failing. I'm trying to find it, <laughs> but it was uh, it was highly entertaining. Um, even though in that video that you when you put that kind of the video out, the first one, you it's like it's mentioned in the links. It's everywhere. We've mentioned it on this podcast. What did they call him? Go on, <laughs> Tanner Ross. Tanner Ross. Said, yeah. I'm sure this is Tanner Ross. But which song? I'm like Tanner fucking Ross. I said it's a guy called Hi Honey <laughs> from from Leeds. Um, but yeah, that that was funny. Um, and obviously. Um, if you're wondering why we just went on a little tangent, it's because he did the little jingle. So, cheers, John. And because uh, there aren't many foods in this film, so we're trying to pack the episode. <laughs> we're just packing it out. We're packing it out. So, budget, how much? Oh, you know what? I just thought, started thinking about that. I started sweating a little bit, thinking, oh, God, I've got to do the budget and box of thing. I've been pretty decent for the last few weeks, but I've got no idea with this. I really, um, I imagine pretty, I mean, John Candy and Steve Martin would have been pricey back then, but um, in terms of cast, that's really the only people that, 20 nah, 20 million do you, do you want to do both in one go or do you want the answer first and then give me the, give me the answer first okay, I can okay. kind of... 10 shy it was a 30 million dollars estimated budget oh could have been and in, in, in terms of the box office, I have no idea um I I mean I wasn't alive when it was released well I mean I was but like you know I was basically an amoeba I was like three years old or something so um 60 mil I want to say it was an underperformer uh, it, it was, although I don't know whether the times have changed, you know, compared to what we normally say, but it was 49.5 million. Uh, well, so, was so it's about 10 either way. So 10 too low with the budget, 10 too high with the box office. And I, I don't know for, you know, like 1987, 1988, whether the budget thing will have been double or whether they'll have cheaped out on the budget. I don't know whether that's included in, uh, sorry, the marketing budget will have been double the budget or not. I don't know whether that's a more recent thing. But yeah, based on this, it, it didn't flop, but it didn't really do anything. But I think everyone now classes it as a as a cult classic, don't they, really? It is a bit of an uneven film. So to, if people weren't maybe fans of the John Hughes movies, 
and they came to it, that wouldn't be the, you know, that wouldn't really be a selling point for his skill. Because I think it is a bit of an uneven film to, <laughs> to talk about it seriously for a second. It's, I think the fact that you just told me there are shit tons of deleted scenes does not surprise me because it does feel like there's some stuff missing from the I'm theatrical blow, I'm going to blow your mind in a minute. Yeah. I love that you've, uh, the, the synergy of this podcast sometimes where you mention things and it just nice, gently flows into the next Would you bit. say we're actually getting somewhat professional now? Somehow. It's, it's like some sort of weird wavelength. I think it's just this room. I think it's just we just get stuck in this room. It's like the only way to get out of this room is if we record it. So we just have to keep going, don't we? We have to go move forward as time does. Um, so yeah, should we, should we do some facts? Um, I don't know how exciting or interesting these facts are. However, the the, the main sort of fact is going to be weaved throughout the rest of our conversation about this film because, as I mentioned up top, it, it basically has things that should have been there that would have made this a, a much more interesting film, I guess, even though it's not a bad film anyway, but I'll, I'll get to that. But before I mention those parts, I'll go through some of the facts that had to do with that and then we'll, we'll ease into the last okay, bit. Okay, okay. So John Hughes, in an interview on Those Art Pillows DVD, now this is coming straight from IMDb, so if anyone wants to shout out what Those Art Pillows DVD is. It's the line in the film, you fucking div. You know when he says, where are your hands? Oh, so yes, sorry. So there's a scene, that, like, let me Yeah, that, I, think I think they've explained it very badly on this. <laughs> explained it. Um, <laughs> there's a scene in the movie, right, where they're, they're, after, they're forced to bunk, essentially. They're strangers, and they're forced to bunk in a double bed, right? And they obviously they fall asleep, um, and they wake up in the morning. Steve Martin's been kind of spooned by John Candy, who kisses his ear, think, presumably thinking he's with somebody else, uh, dreaming and whatnot. And he says, um, Steve Martin says, where's your hand? And he says, it's between two pillows. And he goes, those aren't two pillows. Obviously, it's his arse crack. Um, so I assume that's what that is named after. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, just it completely just sometimes, you know, we were just talking about this room. Sometimes I sit in this room and it all just clicks. And other times my brain just switches off and a bit of drool comes out of the side of my cheek. <laughs> and I, side of my mouth even. I don't know what I'm uh, talking about. But yeah, no. Um, so... He said on an interview to do with this film then, that he was inspired to write the film's story after an actual flight he was on from New York to Chicago. The flight was diverted to Wichita, Kansas, taking him five days to get home. So it's pretty much what, what the film is about, but it's uh, true, true to, well, so it's not true to life events, but it was inspired by... Based on true events. Yeah. That seems like the weirdest diversion. Like they just diverted to the closest place that was warm enough that they could land. Yeah. <laughs> and that happened to be like six states lower. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? I mean, I can't even, like, to try and fathom that in, in like, Britain, like, the distance or, like, yeah, like it's if you get weird, stranded, isn't it? If you get, if you get stranded, like, at the tip of, of, of the north of, uh, of England, mm. you could pretty much get your way, but it doesn't matter how you get, you could drive back down south to the very bottom to Torquay or something in about, what, 10 hours if you yeah, had yeah. to. <laughs> Not so in America, no. No, it sounds horrendous. Um, the marathon car rental scene, which is obviously a favourite of many, is exactly one minute long from the time Steve Martin starts his tirade to the time the attendant ends the scene. In that 60 seconds, the F word is used 18 times. <laughs> the film would have easily been rated a PG or a PG-13, as are most of John Hughes's films, but... Because of that one scene, for obvious reasons, it was turned into a 15, which I, as I mentioned before, hadn't seen this before. I thought I had. I was watching it, and then that bit just came out of nowhere, and I thought I'd got some sort of weird <laughs> copy of it. Like, I'd rented it off of uh, Amazon Prime, and I was like, 
what the hell is this like an un, uncut version but no it's the real version it's just that they, they had to put that scene in and it sticks out like a sore thumb doesn't it i feel like weird, the, the it? movie wouldn't of, of all the things that were cut you could you could do that whole scene with, with i mean i get it right it, it, it explains how mad he is at that point <laughs> he's at the end of his tether um as like i don't know my granddad would have probably, said, <laughs> probably yeah. said that anymore. but um i get it but it just like it's, in the rest of the film there's not really that much cursing um, there's none I, don't, I think the, the basically because if you use it once you get bumped to a 15 like a 15 you have the ability to use it like once or something like that these days so to, to drop 18 <laughs> just randomly well I was saying to you was on before the, the we, we started recording I was watching um, a, a movie in my, my hotel room not that kind of movie before you say anything <laughs> um, and I well I watched a few while I was like editing stuff in New York and I noticed that you could watch, there's not, there doesn't seem to be a watershed, you know, like we basically have like any, after nine o'clock, pretty much anything goes, apart from you can't see like a, the, an engorged dick on TV, you know, <laughs> not that you would want to. I don't know but, what um, channels you've been watching. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't, I think you, maybe you can after like 11 or something, but anyway, like after nine, pretty much anything goes. Whereas I noticed that in America, or certainly where I was in, in Long Island, New York State, right, the, the movies would change, right? So you could still, like, so I watched Con Air, for example, mm-hmm. part of that, which obviously I've seen before many times. But you could, they can show the graphic violence even at like eight o'clock. So the part where Billy Bedlam, if you remember, like they have it, they're kind of like fighting in the in the the luggage uh, area of the plane, right? Yeah. yeah. Even the famous the cargo, put, put the put the bunny back in the box scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Brilliant. they have a fight, and then uh, Billy Bedlam gets impaled on this pipe by Nicolas Cage, the aforementioned. And um, that's it's all right to see this bloody pipe sticking out of the bloke's chest, but then um, like when they come to cursing, you know. Um, They'll they'll overdub it, you know, like they'll literally overdub things. So if they if they're gonna say I'm really pissed off, they'll be like I'm really ticked off. Obviously, it's like badly dubbed, and it is the actual original actor. But I'm like, why? So why can you show graphic violence, but you can't say like the word piss? But uh, like, and that continues after way after nine o'clock. I was on a plane on an Etihad plane going to Australia. So I stopped at Abu Dhabi and was coming like it was the second leg of it. So it was like the 16 hours from there to Sydney. And I watched three billboards outside of... Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, that's it. I was was trying to remember the rest of the title, but I watched that. I watched the entire film thinking that I didn't click and I was watching it. I was thinking all the swearing had been dubbed over, all of the curse words, any kind of vague semblance of like blasphemy as well, like anything. (laughs) So it was a very strange film. And I was like, oh, this must be why everyone's talking about this film because they've done it in such a way that it's just a bit weird. <laughs> it's really good. Like, obviously, it's really impactful and sad and, and dark, but, like, they've done it in this really weird sort of happy-go-lucky S- kind of way. Yeah. yeah, and then I got off the plane and I was speaking to my partner's dad who'd been on a different flight, same direction, obviously. And he was like, yeah, no, I watched that one. And yeah, no, the, the swearing not way through it. It's great, isn't it? And I was like, what? It's like because he'd he'd flown on a on like either a European or Western airline, whereas I'd I'd flown on one that's from like the Middle East. Yeah. So therefore, they just like sanitized the full thing. Yeah. It's so strange. It's a strange um, experience. But yeah, um, I d- I don't remember ever watching anything when I was in America that that was like that. So I wouldn't have known. But that's interesting. So you're allowed to show graphic scenes of violence yeah. but you, you can't swear <laughs> can't, not even the word piss which i don't even think is swearing if i say piss like i'd say that no. to my, my, my six-year-old nephew i'd be like yeah. piss you want to go for a piss yeah it's just it's just part of the vernacular now isn't it? it's what we all say yeah. um you're quite like this one being the uh the, the fitness person that you are uh prior to shooting 
John Candy arrived with exercise equipment for him to use during production. Cruz had installed a treadmill, bench press, weights and other exercise gear in his hotel suite. Steve Martin said that Candy never used any of it. <laughs> Why did they install it then? Well, he asked for it. So oh. he, he, he like, <laughs> I don't know if it's like an elaborate John Candy joke like or, or what. Diva request, like I want all this shit, but I'm not going to use it. Yeah, he just didn't use any of it. So, oh. yeah, strange. Uh, speaking of John Candy as well, and we mentioned before John Hughes, and as you can tell, I'm padding this out a little bit now, but in Uncle Buck, the exact same type of freeze frame happens in Uncle Buck at the end of that film as it does at the end of this film. It's almost pretty much the same tight-lipped grin, just the same expression, everything. Obviously, he's just wearing different clothes and he's in a different... Well, he's outside in one, he's in the hallway in a different one. There's the same moustache in this one. Yeah, oh, that, that moustache, man. That moustache. <laughs> it looks like he's been drinking, like, chocolate milk and then he's just, like, left it there. It's, it's brilliant. Let's see what else we've got. Oh, this is quite an interesting one. So, director John Hughes was known for staging improv moments during, like, actors in order to capture genuine reactions. So, since he was not satisfied with the Owen scene, as we mentioned before, the, the guy who played Kirk Connors in the Spider-Man films... Um, he privately instructed Dylan Baker to wipe spit into his right hand just before shaking hands with Steve Martin's Neil Page character. Steve Martin was not expecting this, and his disgusted reaction to shaking Baker's saliva-slavered hand... That's a weird sentence to read out loud. Um, the film crew reportedly exploded in laughter as Martin ran off to wash his hands immediately after the encounter, and Hughes got the reaction that he wanted the, the whole time. You could tell that was pre-COVID, right? Yeah, I was going to say now. there's quite a lot. There's something, there's like, he did something in like one of the toilet scenes and I was thinking COVID. Uh, it's weird how his mind's now switched to, oh, he didn't wash his hands. He didn't He yeah. didn't do that. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, cause obviously, any point in history prior to the last two years, you'd have watched it and gone, oh, that's a bit minging, but like, it, it's never here nor there. And now you're like hyper-focused on anyone. I yeah. do anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've mentioned this guy before, but movie critic Roger Ebert Gave this movie. Roger Ebert, he's not fucking French. <laughs> Roger Ebert, <laughs> fucking Ebert. <laughs> Maybe I want to make him French. Maybe it's a different guy. We thought that. Maybe it's a different person. Uh, Roger Ebert gave this movie four out of four stars. Which I don't understand. Why did he have? Why did he not have five? Why is it four? Is it just well, weird? Well, you could argue why five, why five, and why suppose. not six, or why not you know twelve? I, I suppose. But he gave it four out of four. And it was included in his list of great movies, and he watched it almost every Thanksgiving. So that's quite like you know you've you've whipped his name out before in terms of like the high and mighty film critique that he was. He's the guy. If you ever look on a you know reception section, you know of a Wikipedia article about a film, he's the guy that people respect above all else. He's not like he's not your kind of bottom of the rung, you know, Mark Kermode or you know people like you and me. He's, he, he knows what he's talking about. Roger, Roger Ebert. <laughs> Roger Ebert sounds like, I, I like, sounds like a cross between like a cartoon anthropomorphic bear or like, like some weird porn star name. We should probably move on from that one. Right, so we'll go to the final bit that I was mentioning, the, the final fact, the big chunky the juicy bit. Fact. The juicy bit, the interesting bit that's going to sort of flow throughout our talk for the next 20 or so minutes about Fucking this film. Hell, however years. long we want to talk about it. Um, so John Hughes shot over 600,000 feet, so 180,000 metres of film, almost twice the industry average. The script was also twice the industry standard originally. It was 145 pages. The film originally was rumoured to be a three and a half hour long film. Um, and basically they had to cut it down 
to two hours. They cut it down to two hours and then the studio wanted further cuts so they took out another 30 minutes. This means that the removed footage and the deleted scenes for this movie are actually longer than the movie itself. It's interesting. I, I, I don't disbelieve that either. Like I said, it's, it does seem very uneven. And the, why, why? There's no need to, to make a movie 90 minutes, you know, especially if it's that kind of movie. If it's a John Hughes film, I mean, you, they could do at least two hours there. Come on, man. Like, yeah, I, I don't quite to understand two. why they were sort of by, you know, film by committed into chucking yeah. out another half an hour. It's weird. Um, he says that allegedly the footage is a complete mess and it would take months, maybe even years to put it into any kind of like discernible order so that you could like watch it. Oh. It's locked away in a paramount vault, and according to Hughes, it's most likely deteriorated now and would not be watchable. However, apart from one clip that lives on YouTube that we're going to talk about shortly, which I don't think you've seen, which would be weird for you, but you might watch it after once I've explained it. Yeah, Because it's actually quite a good scene, and it's one of them where you, you watch it, and you're like, that could have easily been in the film. However, it's also... You know, what's that weird phenomena where some people think Nelson Mandela was in prison and other people don't? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they call it the Mandela effect, don't they? That's, 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 the, one. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, that would make <laughs> sense. That would make sense. But you know what I'm talking about where some people believe one thing. and I think it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's actually was not about him being in prison. It's Some people thought he was dead before he was actually dead. Right, okay. So RIP in, Nelson Mandela, by the way. Yes. <laughs> in, the, in this instance, this film does have a version of it that does include that scene. And it's mainly for TV. So because on TV, like you've just mentioned, I look at all look at all of this just all linking into itself, all nicely, like uh, like we planned it. We didn't. Um, you were talking about like swearing and stuff. So obviously they have to take out the f bomb scene. So because that other scene survived and it's on like the DVD and the Blu-ray cut now. When it's on TV, this film, if it's before Watershed in the UK or the don't have it in America for the swearing, they put the scene back in. Uh-huh. So there will be some people out there that'll be like, oh, well, that scene where, like, I was looking at the YouTube comments for it and people were like, oh, I never knew that this were a deleted scene. <laughs> and there's other people like arguing the toss that it's like, yeah, it's a deleted scene. Um, but yeah, I, I, I paid for a rental version of it the other day and it wasn't in it and I had to like check this out after. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, basically, there is some weird scenes in it that we're going to sort of link into as conversation. For example, one of them, we mentioned earlier the police officer. I said like there's a reason why these cameos are so short, and like you recognise someone, you're like, oh, I know that guy, and then he's in it. He says like two lines, and he's gone. Well, there was obviously more characterisation around these people. So the police officer actually tells them when he pulls them over because it just, it, if you recall back to the film, it makes it out like he gets pulled over for speeding. Brief spoilers if you haven't watched this film. He gets pulled over for speeding, and then the car's obviously a burnt out wreck, and he's like, yeah. you can't drive that. Yeah. However. In the context of the full scene, he actually tells them that they've overshot Chicago by a hundred miles, and that he's, tr- he's basically he's not trying to arrest them. Like obviously they've sped, and he's like, "You shouldn't have done that." But initially, he's not trying to arrest them. He's trying to tell them, like, "Well, if you keep going the way that you're going, you're getting further and further away. You need to go yeah. back." And then them two start arguing, and because they start like a fight outside the car, he then arrests them. All right, okay. So, like, there's stuff like that. So you were saying that this well, film doesn't that feel like it... Doesn't, yeah, that one kind of makes sense, but the film doesn't feel like it flows properly yeah. because there's very purposeful cuts that have happened in it where yeah. it just it cuts out full, mass amounts of dialogue. Um, like, I think on the plane, when he first sits next to him, John Candy's character, obviously, you've seen him a couple of times, and then it's supposed to paint this picture that this guy, like, loves to talk, a bit like someone else you know. And... Uh, <laughs> Basically, there's a whole thing about him going on about everything he's done that day leading yeah. up to there. 
um, which is referenced in the hotel room where Steve Martin's character, when he gives him that big speech where he's like, oh, anecdotes are anecdotes and it's like yeah, a really yeah. soppy thing. That kind of comes out of nowhere. It kind of makes sense because obviously the version that we've seen, you can still tell that John Candy likes to talk. But what he's actually referencing that you haven't seen is that there's that full bit that's just been cut out of him. I don't think it really needs it though. I mean, I wouldn't have done that. Potentially not. It's just, I thought it was interesting, like from a film editing perspective. In summary, there are lots of cuts in this movie. It is self-evident when you watch the film, if you know <laughs> anything about filmmaking, or even if you don't, there are lots of cuts. Um, yeah, what's the next fact? <laughs> there's, no more, there's no more facts. We can move into just general chit-chat and then we'll by, talk about the food stuff. By the way, I should mention that the entire... I watched... I've seen this film before, um, but uh, Mrs. Beard had not seen it. So she just... When I rewatched it last night... And did you have a go her as well? <laughs> yeah, I was. But she spent most of the time laughing, not at the dialogue or the performances, just at how much she felt she was similar to John Candy. Naturally, I agree with that because she snores. She's a terrible driver. She eats all the time. <laughs> Like John Candy does in this film, but you know, a heart's in the right place. So a mum isn't, uh, sorry, a wife isn't dead because she doesn't have a wife. And I'm not dead because, I, you know, I would be, a, I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know what I mean? Like she's very similar to John Candy in this. <laughs> Apart from she doesn't have a mustache, or she does, but it's just, you know, she's blonde. So it's kind of fine lip hair. So it's not got out of control yet. Jesus, you're not going to be able to record next week. She's going to have done you in, and now I'm not going to be able to carry oh, on she, the podcast. She, <laughs> like like most of the population of the world, she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <It's okay>. Ouch. <laughs> right, should we move into like just talking about the film for a little bit, and then we'll roll into food stuff from there as well? Yeah, I feel like we've been going fucking ages. How long have we been going? Too long. <laughs> we'll just combine everything in this section. So we'll do food stuff within talking about it um the the weird it's not really a fact so i didn't put it in the facts bit but the the other strange cameo in this is obviously kevin bacon that just appears at the beginning and races him for the taxi yeah there is a strange connection between two john hughes film films here and i don't know whether you've whether you clocked clocked it at all or whether you've ever seen the no. the, the room. Gets a point now. So <laughs> gets a point. I want to go home. Um so basically the rumors online are that he's playing his character Jake Briggs from the John Hughes movie, She's Having a Baby oh, okay. from nineteen eighty eight. However, it can't be true because in the film, when Neil rings his wife to tell her that, you know, he's delayed and that he's he's basically with um john candy's character when he's talking to her she is watching that film even though in reality this this film as in planes trains and automobiles came out the year before she is watching the john hughes film within the film and you can hear the dialogue man where do you get this from i am db (laughs) yeah i I thought that scene was quite good like that he i didn't think steve steve martin doesn't look like much of a runner to me and he seems to keep up with kevin bacon quite well yeah, footloose Kevin Bacon, you know. Well, he outdoes him until he falls over, doesn't he? He's, yeah, outstrips him entirely, and then falls over. Then gives like seventy dollars to a guy for a cab that then drives off. And yeah, he doesn't I get mean, his money back. I'd have fucking tackled that dude. Part, yeah, give me the seventy quid back. Part of one of my, but it's just the fact that that guy just keeps going as well. He's like, I'll give you a tenner. Like, nah, uh, give you twenty dollars. Nah, all right, I want fifty. And then it's like, surely if a guy will give me fifty, then you would pay seventy-five, wouldn't you? And he just <laughs> gives him it anyway because he says no. Yeah. And he's giving him 50, and then he's like, oh, fine, yeah, I'll give you 70. He's like, no, just stop at 50. Or, yeah, yeah it's very, very strange. But I mean, I don't know, you were just in New York. Did you get a cab? I was Did you even it. bother I was, with that? I, I was like, anywhere, I would anywhere nothing. flipping near Manhattan, man. <laughs> I, was, I just got in my car, my, my rental car at the airport, 
drove down a ways to Long Island, Massapeka, and you know, I was all the way from all the hectic shit there. Um, I'd, we would be amiss if we didn't mention any and all food that, we, that was seen in this film. Um, it looks like they're eating spaghetti and meatballs when he rings his family the first time, although it, it all looks like they're eating different things. It just looked weird. I'm just mentioning it. There's no point to that. You don't have to, you don't have to <laughs> say I just know that someone might be like, you missed the food. And I'll be like, yeah, no, I saw they were eating spag meatballs. It, There's great. a lot of unidentifiable food in this film, actually. There is, actually, yeah. That is, it's weird. Which doesn't help the, the theme of the podcast. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. But when we get to that that all all alluded to deleted scene, it will. Yeah. I've got some more details. Um, I love that in the airport, one of my favourite little comedic cut takes, because there's a couple in there that are like, out of the norm, they're not not in reality. This is obviously when they crash the car against the two lorries, he turns into like the devil, <laughs> that, which is brilliant. But my favourite one is in the airport where it does a little cut to John Candy basically replicating his face and the cabbie door from when he sees him. He's just like this really kind of like cute, derpy kind of like smile. I know no one can see that. I was just a little bit like it's just, I, I it made me giggle. That was the one bit where I was like, they didn't. They, they could have done the flashback. They could have shown the, the footage that they'd just filmed. Yeah. And instead, they put a cabbie door like in the... Like it just... It just worked. I liked it so you know, much. I, you, know, you know, I part the part that I like there in the... in It's pretty much the introduction of, of Del, you know, of, of John yeah. Candy's character. Is when he said, oh, you know, let me buy you a hot dog and a beer. He says, no, thanks. Says, oh, okay, how about a hot dog? He says, no, how about a beer? <laughs> like, <he was laughs> and then he kind of waits a little bit and he says... Slopey. <laughs> it just goes through like every beverage. It says milk, doesn't it, at one point? You know what? We, sorry, another slight moderate segue coming up here. Go on. Um, do you know how much I paid for a salad? A fucking turkey salad in JFK on the way home. And I, this is not like a fresh made salad from like a this salad This is my version bar. of budget unbox <laughs> It was a jingle. It was like, imagine you go to WH Smith's or Boots or something, you buy a yeah, pre-packaged yeah. salad. Mm -hmm. It was, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't tiny, but it wasn't large. Mm -hmm. I would say it's probably a 300 to 400 gram at most salad. Okay. Right. Turkey, good. turkey, You're good at this. You're good at describing food. It's almost like you eat it all the time. Some, some chickpeas, cranberries for no reason. Okay. How much you reckon that cost me? Um, but it was about 380 calories. Okay. I'm going to say $18. It was exactly $18? More than this guy, man. He surprised me this week. You had your ready it breakfast It was pretty good. I, just, I, I was just a random. I thought it's going to be something obscene. I was going to say 15 And I was like, no, that seems too conservative because it sounds mental, whatever you're trying to describe. Like 15 quid or 14 yeah, quid? That's expensive for us. I mean, I don't really like salads, but that is, I wouldn't pay that. Obscene. Anyway, we'll get, what were we talking about? Uh, in the airport, <laughs> did you notice that he's reading some Canadian like porno book? It's called The Canadian Mounted. No, I didn't notice <laughs> that. obviously John Candy's Canadian, <laughs> um, which I thought as well with him offering a hot dog and a beer and stuff. He's like, Canadians are... I, I, look, if you are Canadian and you're listening and this is wrong... I'm sorry, but like world renowned, you're supposed to be like the politest people in the world. So like John yeah, Candy being so. being Canadian, I don't know if his character's meant to be or not, but... He's just like super nice. He talks a lot, but he's just super nice. Like all he wants to do is just yeah. be friendly, um, which kind of links into his his plot, I guess, that you find out at the end as to why that is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, one of the things that I pointed out, we didn't really mention either that his character is basically a shower curtain salesman. <laughs> so when he introduced himself, so like Neil's like, oh, I work in marketing. And I thought kindred spirit, 
to, to me personally because it's what I do. He looks like it, he's a little bit a little bit more high, well, let's say higher echelon than you. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm kind of quite high up in I mean, my he's in company. the boardroom. He's wearing like a weird kind of Dick Tracy outfit. <laughs> we didn't even mention that the boardroom where the where his boss is basically just looking at three different like editorial print layouts of like this magazine that the market. Yeah, that, that, that reminds me of many a meeting when I was back in normal employment. And I, you know, because he's like, I need to go. (laughs) Shut the fuck up! I need to leave the room. Um, But then he he says, "Oh, I'm part of the shower curtain ring division." I was just like, "That that is just that is yeah ridiculous." But there is an entertaining bit later on where he starts selling him his earrings to try and make some money, which I enjoyed. Um, In terms of we we've sort of hurtled into the airport and onto the plane bit should we talk about this missing deleted scene that you've not seen that i'm going to talk you through yeah, well you've 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 kind of like hyped this up now so it better be good okay so as i mentioned this is occasionally on tv broadcast so you may have seen this and be like this is not a deleted scene he's talking shit but but i'm not it is a deleted scene it's just in place of the f-bombs if it's on tv so i'm just going to play you a little clip okay Ooh, just what? yeah no it's, it's like roll vt <laughs> No one could see it. But yeah, I haven't put the full thing in, but this is just like a little hint of the, the comedy all right, all right, that right. is in this scene. I had a friend one. I worked in the kitchen here, you know, preparing the food. She lopped the top of her finger off slicing carrots one night. She looked in the pot. She looked for it, looked for it, never could find it. She thinks it was served on the Singapore run. So yeah, it's kind of, it's just John Candy just wittering on, on the plane, but about... It's about airplane food, which is something that I thought would have been really interesting for us to talk about since you've just been on an airplane. Was oh, yeah. the food any good? I very rarely partake of the food on uh, airplanes. Not because it's bad. I actually think it's all right. Um, but uh, usually because I'm going somewhere to eat a lot of food, I'll be like fasting and whatnot. You know, So I won't want to eat stuff that I don't know how many calories are in it, and, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I just hate planes anyway. Not because I'm afraid of flying. I'm afraid of people. You know, I've just people talking to me incessantly, <laughs> liking that. Yeah, I mean, or people falling asleep on me and whatnot. Like, actually, on the on the on the way home, uh, there was somebody brought on like a baby, and I don't want to sound like you know a Scrooge or whatever, especially this time of year. Somebody brings on a baby. There's a dude with a, a an assistance dog next to me, which obviously he needs. I'm not having to go about that, right? But I just did think for a split second. I thought you're a terrible person. But I'm thinking, oh my god, this baby's gonna be crying the whole way home on the night flight. This dog's gonna be trying to hump my leg. <laughs> Fortunately, they were both very well behaved. But um, you know, I, I I don't. I would actually love to. If any airlines are listening, I'm certainly not. But if they are. I'd love you give me like a one of those give me, hook me up with the Casey Neistat deal where you get the free <laughs> first class uh, tickets and I'll do like a, you just ply me with shit tons of uh, airplane meals and I'll eat as many as I can. Well, I think the, that would be a neat video food challenge. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd a, that's do a gimmick. Some good views, wouldn't it? That's a that's a clickbait video if ever I've heard <laughs> one. Well, there you go. So if there is one of our about two hundred ish listeners at the moment, guys, you should be telling your friends and increasing this is it, number. Is that two hundred? We're about two hundred. I, I think my other podcast has like a uh, like eleven, twelve hundred per, per, per episode. <laughs> yeah, but you've got like all the fancy cinematography and stuff that you keep promising for this one, but you just don't let us have. No. It does nothing to do with me. That, that's Josh, man. That's uh, that's not my handiwork. <laughs> well, I, I might start bringing. You know, we start inviting Josh as a as a guest, and just get him to bring the cameras. I don't, I don't think he's going to make this room look any good. <laughs> Uh, or me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to this scene that you haven't seen. So um, it, it's full of like all the kind of John Hughes-like gags and things that just make his films so 
fun. So the first bit, there is like the trolley service um, and everyone's just like nagging this woman. So it's not even the main characters. The, she's just like next to them, showing the full length of the plane. And everyone's just like putting their arms out and trying to like cans of Coke and shit like that. And she just turns around and goes, all right, listen up, everybody. If you all don't quit asking me for stuff, nobody's getting a thing. And she just like tantrums, which is just like so like random I hate the on, entire scene. I hate that on planes, man. Did I tell you about the time? Again, I'm going off on a tangent. Did I tell you about coming back on um, from Canada when the woman in front of me was complaining about champagne? No, you didn't. No, you I didn't thought mention that you one. absolute waste of skin. Champagne. <laughs> so you know you get like, I, I, I admittedly, I went business class, but it, I mean, it was a deductible expense, right? And I don't do that often, but on the way, so I'm going on the way back and I get on the plane. If you go business class, they give you for some reason, I don't know why, I never take it, right? But they'll offer you champagne. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's budget fucking champagne. It's probably yeah. books fizz for God's sake, because mm-hmm. you're just getting on a plane at night. Yeah. And she gave this champagne to this woman who was sat in front of me. And she's like, oh, is that all you've got? I was I was hoping for like the, the eighteen twelve Bordeaux, and I thought you fucking arsehole. <laughs> they they live among us, I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Th- this, this so this scene that you haven't seen. Hopefully, you'll go away and watch and be like, oh, this sounds pretty good. That's explained this. It it will give you some tips on how to handle airplane food going forward. Bearing in mind this is from the 1980s, um, but. I think Dell gives some good advice, maybe. Um, so just to describe the differences in meals, because you can actually see what they've got and they describe what they're eating. Oh, right, so okay. we actually get a breakdown of the food. Oh, cool. Because like you were saying before, everything's just a mishmash of food on plates in the rest of the film. It's hard to tell. And snacks. So And snacks, yeah. So Neil has got what looks to be a very, very well done lasagna okay <laughs> like it's just hard and part of the scene or part of the comedy of the scene is he's just prodding it with like his plastic fork <laughs> and it's just not moving not jiggling not it just it's rock hard he's got a bun that's like wrapped in like too much cellophane that it looks like a like it looked like a ball to begin with until they mentioned it was a bun i thought it might have been an apple we <laughs> um, have like a little tiny salad which just looks perfect uh, a really dry looking brownie um, Neil's got a coffee and then they've got like a little pot that is either like some sort of sauce or it might be you know like on planes where they give you like juice but it, it, it might as well be nothing because it's just like it, it's like a little you drink it it's like just for a brief <laughs> bit of hydration it's terrible uh, so it could be that uh, whereas Dell um, as he explains because I wasn't sure it looked like a walnut salad to begin with but it's like a seafood salad he has he has the same little salad next to his salad, which is a bit weird. And he's got the brownie. He's got a beer. So obviously a man that decided that he needed a bit of something better with his food. Uh, a bun. And then he's also got that weird little pot thing. So he then tells Neil, as Neil is looking disappointingly at his food, and um, Dell's he's doing this thing where, in the only way you could imagine John Candy sprucing up a, a flat scene, he's just like sprigging his salt like from a big high distance and like, like, like so he was the original bear. salt bear. Yeah, kind of like yeah, like the 1980s salt bear onto his food um, and like crushing up. I think it did have some sort of nuts on his salad. So he's like crushing it all up. So he turns around and goes, I always order a special meal. So this is your first tip. So on this airline, he ordered a seafood salad. He then tells them about the different airlines and what he orders. So on America, and you can rate these if you want. On America, I'll have a kosher plate, which is salami, roast beef, turkey on a dark rye bread. Nice. Sounds all right. It sounds better than the shit that Neil's currently trying to eat. A nuked lasagna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nuked lasagna, which you get an explanation for that as well shortly. On United, he I don't know how he gets away with this, but um, he tells them that he's a youngster and he gets mm-hmm. a kiddie plate, in his own words, which is a hot dog, um, potato chips, 
gherkin and a bag of uh, a nice he says something like a nice little bag of oreo cookies or something like that that he says so he gets a hot dog you don't have to repeat them i got you the first time yeah yeah no i'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just testing that's solid testing. that's solid yeah it's all right it sounds all right it's, the kids food sounds slightly better i'm not sure why theirs will be better um so neil turns around to him and goes well what do you think this is and he goes, about seven hours ago, that was lasagna. And he's basically saying that because of the delays on the flight, they've heated it, reheated it, heated it, reheated it, and then it's just turned into a brick. Um, and then he tells the story about his friend who worked in the kitchens, who chopped a finger off with the carrots, which we obviously just played the clip for. And then after that, he just proceeds to be the Dell from the rest of the film in the, in the sense that he's just doing stuff that just, pisses off it's generally irritating and would irritate most people like he turns around goes if you elect not to proceed with that i'll gladly take it off your hands and he takes his lasagna off them because he won't eat it and then he's like do you want the bun and he's like oh no i don't want the bun either so he takes the bun but then there's an old bloke it's the same old bloke obviously sat next to him in the the scene that you see in the the original cut but he's like deaf so he keeps trying to offer this guy so john candy's trying to be like nice and offer this old man um, like the food but he doesn't hear him and he's like oh do you want the bun and he's like no this flight is fun <laughs> like, it's <just> stuff <laughs> like that for ages but the whole scene even though like I'm not doing it justice by explaining it like you should go watch it on YouTube but it's really funny like it feels weird that it was cut out and you can see where it was cut out in the, the original film as well like, like you were saying that it's you know that where they, it's come from the, what, the way you're describing this to me sounds like it, it actually just sounds like it's a good scene Whereas the the scene with many many fucks in it, yeah, is not is kind of like I mean it's a good scene, but it's not really it's memorable. It's a memorable mem- scene. Memorable. This doesn't s- seem like as in keeping with the theme of the film as what this, you're telling me. This basically me. makes it a PG thirteen film, and the other one turns it into a fifteen. And for no reason, it, it's strange. Um, the final bit as well is. Uh, he goes, like you were saying about people sat near you and like being a bit irritating sometimes. Neil goes to eat his brownie because he, he says, no, I'll eat that. Um, and the woman in front puts her hair over the back of the seat <laughs> and it goes into his brownie. So John Candy turns around and goes, I guess you're not going to want to eat your brownie now. Do you mind? And he just takes his brownie as well. <laughs> I totally he, do that. And then he gives half of it to the old man. <laughs> Some, it's funny you should say that. Somebody uh, tweeted, I think they tweeted me or sent me a message on Instagram the other day. They were on a plane and um, <laughs> somebody put... Um, it was a man um, who has long hair like me, and he put his hair over the back of, of, of the. It was longer than my hair, but it was. Uh, he put it over the back of, and I thought, I hope the person behind him is actually like part of his traveling party, and it's just a bit of a joke, and he's not mm. actually doing that. Because yeah. be t- if that was me, I'd be tempted to just jam it into the fucking you know, the folding <laughs> table. So when he gets up, that's it, man. Scalp himself. Yeah, it just. I I, I feel feel Steve Martin's pain. <laughs> in that scene but yeah. also as I was saying the whole point of mentioning this and part of this episode is that yeah there aren't really much other food scenes like um, there's the diner scene you can't really tell what they're eating though it's just the no. case that John Candy said he looks like he's fucking filming a video on my channel man the whole table <laughs> is full of food he's a big lad like well, I mean, there's two interests there's that diner scene where, where he ditches him which is what you're on about and there's a diner scene after they've been robbed <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I hope the mics pick that up. Probably. Um, but yeah, there's there's two diner scenes. There's obviously the one that you've just mentioned yeah. where he's trying to ditch him and you can't really, like I thought he might have been eating steak, but you, I can't tell. Could so, be a strip steak or something. Yeah. yeah so if people want to like get all technical with it because this is supposed to be a food film podcast and we've not got it right, then let us know. Shout at us, whatever you want to do. But this, the, the first one actually is another one of those cuts. Oh yeah. 
You're right. I'm just sorry. If I keep pausing, obviously, you may not hear the pauses in the edit because I've got rid of them. But I keep looking at Beard. It looks like he's about to shit himself. <laughs> like, do you need the toilet? Are you all right? Can you, I've, can I've you hold known, on? I've been known to. No, I'm all right. I ate some hot dogs earlier on. Um, I've listened to your other <laughs> podcast. I know you. <laughs> but no, I think I'm all right. I'm, just, I'm getting a bit gassy, that's all. So I apologize. Just try to, to gas you. me out so that I hurry up. So on the uh, the first diner scene, one of those other cuts. So in the trailer for this, so if you go on like IMDb or you just type in this film, like if you just, if you're interested, you can look at the trailer. There is a scene where you see Steve Martin eating a slice of pizza. That's not oh. in the film. Okay. That was cut out um, as another bit where he, he goes into the shower in that room that they've shared and. Like that that whole scene of them sharing a room, even though it's funny, it's quite short. It's meant to be much longer. And obviously he mentions about him spilling beer on the bed. Yeah. All of these bits that he mentions are all bits that have just been cut out of the film. And then the next day in the diner scene, they're talking about him going into his wallet to pay for pizza. Yep. Um, and he's like, I've, I've lost $700. Like you've robbed me. Based on this, I'm just going to read out what this, according to... John Hughes, this is the ugliest pizza ever. So the ugliest pizza ever. So it was supposed to be comedic, this reveal. The film did, but we'll never see it. So it was cheese, sausage, olives, green peppers, jalapenos, sauerkraut, bacon, beans, corn, and anchovies. I'd absolutely bash that. I'm sure bad. you would. <laughs> the ugliest pizza ever to me would be that one, that meme that people are saying where it's a pizza, it's cheese, and it's just mushrooms all over the pizza, nothing but <laughs> mushrooms. That's the ugliest pizza. Your greatest weakness. <laughs> yeah, that would be awful. Um, but also, you know the guy that robs them in that scene? So in the, in the original yeah. cut, the guy, because it just looks like they're in a shit hotel and someone comes in. It's actually, that it all ties in to this bit that was cut out. He's the pizza delivery boy, and Steve Martin only gives him a dollar tip so he comes Ooh. back and robs them. So that it actually is all tied into it. it. I thought it was quite interesting. Like there was a documentary and I didn't mention it earlier. And I should mention it because it was very good. This could be the most forensic analysis of planes, trains and automobiles of <laughs> it, all time. It's not because this documentary is. So <laughs> the documentary that I watched um, like the other day um, is by, let me just find the name. So it is the lost version of Planes, Trains and Automobiles by Hats Off Entertainment on YouTube. So if you go check that out, all this stuff that I'm on about, which I'm going to start wrapping up now because we'll be here all day, all these weird scenes that were cut out or the bits of food that never was, so that's, that's kind of the gimmick for this episode, I guess. Um, you know, it's interesting. You should should watch the... So you, I thought you'd done all this kind of Columbo-like investigation yourself. You basically nicked this from a YouTube video. Yeah, but I've just sourced it. But you cut that's, 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 <laughs> how do you? How do you write? How else do you write? Um... Just pretend like it was you. Cut, <laughs> cut that part out. <laughs> You've you have forgotten, by the way. The um, he does kind of, uh, if you recall, right near the end before his epiphany. That um, spoiler that Dell's been talking about. We should mention actually the the kind of um, the the heart of the film really is actually very relevant these days. It's about tolerance, because if you you look at these two characters, Steve Martin and John Candy, from different walks of life, very different people, and they don't get along. Uh, John Candy is actually a, a really nice dude, isn't he? And it's, mm -hmm. talk, it's talking to, it speaks to the subject of people's intolerance uh, of others for no reason, right? And um, what you realise at the end of the film is, um, John Candy's been talking about his wife, and, he, you know, he, he's homesick, but in kind of an oblique uh, fashion, and Steve Martin then realizes his wife has actually died, 
Yeah. And when you get, I don't know if we're going to cover this, but when you get to the finale of the film, Steve Martin's after hating the stood with a passion for whatever it is, three, four days, he finally gets to go home to Chicago. He's on the train, the final leg. He realizes that John Candy's probably in need of help at Thanksgiving because he's got nobody. He goes back and uh, he says, what are you doing here, Dale? He says, you know, my wife died, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. And then he invites him back for the heartwarming Thanksgiving dinner. But the reason I, I mentioned that is because on the train, on the way back, he's kind of fantasizing about food, which is something I do a lot. Um, and he's looking at the big juicy turkey and all pie. The, the pie. It's not pumpkin pie, though, which I find a bit odd. Given like a cherry pie or something like that. It looks like it's cherry pie. I mean, yeah. cherry pie is good. But Thanksgiving, you, you tradition be going for either pumpkin or sweet potato pie, mm. which we don't really get over here, sadly. No, I've never um, had neither. So they're really nice, you know, and they're actually quite. You could make you could make it pretty easy with a bit of canned pumpkin, or even just buy a pumpkin, pulp it, bit bit of effort, you know. But um, yeah, it does fantasize, and the the birds always look like, you know, we're we're always talking about food not being food, like yeah, yeah, yeah. cheese being glue and stuff on advertisements. Yeah, yeah, they must do something to those turkeys to make them look so plump. I've never seen a turkey like that. <laughs> In my whole life. Turkey on rides. There's also, at the very end, um, John Hughes was um, one of the forerunners in the uh, end credit scenes. Yeah. So there's a bit at the very end where the uh, where the boss that we were on about before has just got his turkey dinner, like his massive turkey, but he's still looking at these free pictures. So it's been like, what, six days? He's <laughs> yeah. just stayed in the office. <laughs> he's still trying. He doesn't say a word, that guy, either. He doesn't say a single line. It's just him. It's just a, a little gag at the end. But, it, that, that was, I think, the original... Before we realised there was this whole deleted scene malarkey, the original thing was just like, because it's a Thanksgiving film and he visualises his turkey. That scene is another one in the cuts. So the scenes where he's visualising his family was was filmed. That and the final, the final scene, the final bit, wasn't going to be the freeze frame on John Candy. It was going to be, presumably, because it's John Hughes, it'll have been another freeze frame. But it was going to be around the, the dinner table and it was going to do a speech and they were going to be eating the, the turkey and the pie and well, stuff. That, that's why I, I was watching the film and it ended. I'm thinking, I'm sure there's an eating scene in this. But uh, no, we, we just have to go with the three or four second flashes of the turkey and just imagine what they were eating. I have always wanted to eat Thanksgiving dinner, though. And just in this, I know it's essentially it's like our Christmas dinner, but yeah, with yeah. a lot of other kind of like even the green bean casserole. It sounds fucking awful, but I've never. I'd, I'd like to try it. it. You just want to try yeah, it. Yeah, they get that. They got like the cornbread right in the in the southern states. Yeah, you got your your yams, your candied yams and shit. Um, just you know stuff that will give a you gout. It's just hodgepodge of food depending on what region you're in. Yeah, like in addition to whatever the what well, the staple is, the turkey and like it's I weird, don't really like it? cranberries, but. Like, yeah, but anyway, yeah. Sauce. What were you saying? It's weird. Anyway, what? I think it's kind of odd. I like um, in America that essentially their Thanksgiving dinner is very, very similar with a few differences to our traditional Christmas dinner. Mm. So if you say to an American, like when I say my American eating mates, like or oh, even for, you know Christmas dinner, they'll be like, "What the fuck? You're eating the you're eating the turkey at Christmas? You have ham at Christmas?" I'm like, "You mad? <laughs> turkey is at Christmas." They're like, "Nah, hams at hams at Christmas. Turkeys at Thanksgiving." So. I, yeah, I don't, I don't really get that. It's but. this ancient war between pigs and turkeys <laughs> is going on somewhere. You broke the sacred vow. No, I don't, I don't know. Um, finally, then, before we wrap this up, because we could go on forever and it already feels Speak like we for have. Yourself. Speak for we, we've squeezed something out of this, which is exciting, I guess. Um, we haven't even got to the outro, but the missing subplot was one of the other cuts that I mentioned. So his wife at the end, did you ever find it weird that at the end, his, his wife barely says anything to him during the film? And it, it, it's a testament to this film with the amount of cuts that it had still being a good film, 
that you kind of watch it and you go, oh, that's nice. She's just missed him. He's been away. She looks moved. She looks like she's about to cry. That's what I thought was weird, actually, about it. I, th- I thought that was odd. It is odd. And the reason it's odd is that her subplot is that each time he keeps ringing her up, because he does ring her a couple of times when you don't see the other phone calls. And when they turn up, she goes, oh, this is Dell or whatever whatever his surname is. She says that to him. And it kind of came off to me when I was listening to that line. Very first watch, she was like, they've not mentioned him yeah, to her same, at all. Same. So weird. <laughs> it's the stereotypical comedic trope that the man hasn't come home when he said he was coming home. So the wife immediately thinks that he's cheating. Ah. So all the way through the film, the, the cuts that are missing and the scripts that you can see in that YouTube video that I've mentioned that you should go check out, that documentary. In the script, he's going on about Dell and she's like, oh, I hope you aren't wearing Dell's underwear or whatever um, down the phone. And he's just been like really matter-of-fact to Steve Martin, like back to her, being like, well, no, why would I be wearing Dell's underwear? <laughs> and uh, why do you want to know so much about Dell? He's, he's fine, like leave him alone. Like, ah, yeah. So there's, there's a whole back and forth going on there so the reason that when they get back home it's like all emotional and the music like crescendos up and they have that passionate kiss and all that is supposed to be because she thought he was lying and that like in any comedy from sort of that era or even now where they do that kind of joke that was what they were teeing up but that whole subplot is just gone and it's just more of like the doting wife that's waiting for her husband to come back which it still works but i watched it first time and i was just like Eh? Yeah, <laughs> like, what's it, like going I said, on? it's uneven's the best. I mean, it's a great, it's still a good film uh, with a great message actually about tolerance, especially around Christmas time. Um, but uh, yeah, that the, it's it's uneven. It could have been better. I reckon if there was a way to get the, the you know the full director's cut, it would be a, it <laughs> like could, the could Schneider be a, cut, like yeah. the Hughes cut, like four hours of planes, trains, black and white for no reason. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be good. Yeah, I'd watch it too. Yeah, and I agree with everything that you've said as well about this film. Like, it's got a, a good message and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just a, a feel-good classic, even though I've only just watched it. But I will probably watch it again at whenever the UK decides to join in on Thanksgiving, which will be, be never. A bit weird. <laughs> be a bit weird. We could have something else. In- I think it's kind of weird, though, to have something so close to Christmas. When it's you literally get- like a month before and then it's like, oh, we're doing it again. Yeah, the only nah, thing they don't do is that. presents, but... I think once a year is enough for me to see all my family. <laughs> And on that note, should we move to the outro? Yeah, let's. Just like those big old plump turkeys, that is a, a massively stuffed episode for you there to... Yeah, man, this that, that computer's so hot now, it's going <laughs> to fucking melt through this table. God, man, how long a, do we go we for? cook a turkey on it. Well, we're currently clocked in at one hour ten, so... Oh, it felt like longer. <laughs> Always feels like longer. Um, so yeah, that is episode nineteen. Beard is back, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I like say goodbye. Fast, that's like a fast, fast and furious nineteen. Beard is back. <laughs> uh, we are available wherever you get your podcasts. So just search for Movie Mouthfuls Podcast on your favorite podcast provider. I always say it, but like you're listening to it on something, so I don't understand why I say it. But we'll say it anyway because everyone else does. Make sure to give us a subscribe, follow, or a star review for the pod, as this may help us out, uh, especially if you're using Apple Podcasts. It's just in the app. You're on the app already. Just scroll down, please. Just scroll down, click five stars, click four if you want. Like, you know, we, we could be better, maybe. F- we, we, four is more accurate. <laughs> but, but, but we prefer five. And then, yeah, leave something funny, or leave something nice, or leave something 
just leave something and we'll read it out because we've got none. There's nothing to read out this week. You, oh, you had one job. You had one job. Beard was away for two weeks. I put that nice little... That's probably why we don't have one. That nice little reminder, that bonus, just as, you know, like my little rendition of New York, New York by Sinatra. Maybe that's why no one left us any. Um, but yeah, if you can leave us a review, that would be nice. It will get us in front of more people. So please do that. Um, we do sort of have a review, but I'll get to that in a second. Okay. And it's not a, not a regular one. Um, you can find us over on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Movie Mouthfuls. You can also find myself over on Twitter at TheFilmFella underscore and also on YouTube by searching for The Film Fella, where I actually do now do film and TV reviews and all sorts of other stuff. So I've... I've it's only taken at least 19 weeks then. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been... It was about seven months since my last upload, but I had, I had some shit that went on. So if you, if you go check out my Instagram, The Film Fella, you'll see where the cutoff was and you'll figure it out. I'm not going to go into Matt's details. Uploads with more frequency than you. <laughs> but anyway, I've done a I've done a review of Venom Two or Venom Let There Be Carnage. Um, that is up there. That was the other week, and I've also just as of before this recording put out Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, Ghostbusters. No, not yet, not yet. No. But we've got some more coming. I've got a Last Night in Soho one, and um, with my little shout out about Edgar Wright recognizing me and my mere existence know, on, on the internet. Like um, so that's uh, that's in the can as well. It's a bit late, but um, you know, entertainment value. Go check it out. You can laugh at my editing skills if you want. Uh, and Beard is obviously over at Beard Meets Food on pretty much everything. Is that's that's the one handle, right? Yeah, not TikTok or Snapchat, but everything else. Yeah. Or and LinkedIn. I don't mean I'm not on there, obviously. <laughs> you used to be. You were actually one of my endorsements on LinkedIn. They just vanished and I was like, oh, he's gone. That was closer to when I had like an actual real career, but yeah, no longer. Um, and obviously you can check him out on YouTube, but I don't need to tell you guys that surely. <laughs> <laughs> If you fancy sending in any questions or you've got anything that you want to say, you can either tweet us or you can send us a DM or you can email us at moviemouthfills at gmail.com, which is exactly what our good friend Danny Vanderberg in South Africa did. So he sent us an email. Yeah, yeah. No no more no more accents after that one, just in case we get cancelled. Um, well, it's I'm, just a South African act. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> got to do it in, in Blood, Blood, Blood Island, Blood Diamond. Are you comparing yourself to Leonardo DiCaprio? I have a pretty good South African accent. And actually, I was I visited Camps Bay once uh, about eight years ago. Beautiful place. Johannesburg, not so much, but um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the uh, Camps Bay. It was nice. And we're really sorry, Danny, if you are from the places that he's just... <laughs> yeah, I, well... I say, I say it how I see it. <laughs> we are from Yorkshire after all. Um, but anyway, this was a really lovely email, so I'm going to read it out because right, I don't think I even shared it, it with you. Is um, it going to be emotional like the end of uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles? No, no, it's okay. just it's just fun. It's a fun email. Also, just for a bit of context, I, I read this email whilst I was waiting for a Taco Bell when I was like smashed out of my mind. I was just I was very drunk. I just read this brought a smile to my face and then my food came and I thought I'm going to send him a reply and I checked it the next day and it was it was fine there was no spelling mistakes I'd not said that I love him or anything like that so it was you just had a it, fucking it, half a chalupa over your phone screen <laughs> yeah pretty much um, so here we go so it is titled as I mentioned a minute ago we didn't have a proper review but he's put five star review so right. very nice. So thank can you, you Danny. Do, can you do it in a South African accent or is it going to look? No, no, because I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just, the poor nation of South Africa, I'll okay, just butcher right. it. I'm not going to do that. So he's put, to the ill-prepared hosts of the Movie Mouthfuls podcast. Ah, nice. Coming from the Southern Hemisphere in Cape Town, South Africa, I just wanted to give my own version of a five-star review of the show. Hopefully this counts as Spotify doesn't seem to do ratings and reviews and is still appreciated. If it's any consolation, I am subscribed with notifications turned on. Oh, cheers. Is it, is this, this guy's called Danny? Danny, yep. Oh, cheers, Danny. Denny. <laughs> 
This is a really great show about movies and films that has become part of my weekend routine. Oh, that's nice. I have listened to every episode since Chef on my Saturday morning sunrise walks, which sounds really nice. That does sound nice. Um, listening to the interesting facts in brackets. Yes, I do find them interesting and it needs its own jingle like budget and box office. I agree with that's that, nice. And the hilarious banter between Beard and the film Fellow is my favourite. <laughs> that would be better, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it sound a bit Shakespearean, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's my favourite way to get the weekend started. One can learn quite a bit about various actors and actresses and directors involved in the movies discussed. I had no idea before what constituted a box office hit or flop, but the budget and box office segment is brilliant and I find myself trying to get the guesses correct. Oh, that's it, nice. In brackets, thinking hard whilst trying not to walk into lampposts. D- please don't walk into lampposts. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, look up. Just look up. Yeah. Anyway, the show is fantastic. Please keep it up. A random movie request from my side will be to venture to the animated side of film with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs because food is even in the name. So yeah, I'm, I'm fa- game. fair enough, we'll do it. I'm game for that, yeah. It's also an excellent film. I've not seen it. Have you not? Oh, well, I'm going to get all high. In my, to be fair, the ones that I've normally seen that you haven't, they're a bit lower brow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, not that this film is low brow. It's an excellent film. I would also like to apologize to who runs the Instagram page. This is me. For not responding to your reply of my comment asking about the international shipping of the new merchandise. (laughs) It slipped my mind completely. It's fine, honestly. My bad. Hoping for another t-shirt giveaway soon. We will be doing more soon. It's coming to Christmas. Maybe we'll get a bit festive with it. Who knows? Yeah. All the best to you both with your future endeavours, both inside and outside of the podcast. This is real this is a really nice email. I'm gonna cry. Yeah. Eager for the next episode. You guys are awesome. P.S. I would have put one star review in the subject line and come up with a lame attempt at humor and sarcasm, but my mind was ill prepared. Best regards, Danny Vanderberg. Danny Vanderberg, that has made my week. And I realise that sounds like a lot of the things I say in this podcast sound sarcastic, but I'm being very sincere. That actually is a really nice email. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm, I won't lie. I'm not quite on the brink of tears, but I'm. I'm like, <laughs> oh, if it had gone on much longer, I could have been. Yeah. Oh, imagine what I was like. Bit <laughs> drunk on the Taco Bell. <laughs> drunk waiting for my Taco Bell. I was like, I don't know if I'm crying at this. I'm crying because they've told me I've got to wait half an hour, and I'd already paid before they then told me I've got to wait half an hour. Or are you crying because you're eating Taco Bell? Or both? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I've. I've no idea. But Danny, thank you for that. Cheers, um, mate. If you want to be just like Danny and email us, as mentioned before, just email moviemouthfuls at gmail.com. We'll. We'll read them out. As long as we don't get tons of them, we'll have to split them up into several episodes. I don't, I don't think there's any danger of us getting tons. <laughs> um, if you want to support us, head over to patreon.com slash movie mouthfuls if you wish to do so. I didn't but, do a shriek. Uh, he didn't do a shriek this week. week. It was, it was really no quiet when I did that little bonus episode the other week when I did this. Um, again, massive thank you to Martin and Scott. Um, Scott actually has a suggestion, um, which we've already failed. <laughs> But his suggestion was um, giving folks a heads up on what the next episode is so that people can watch the movie or show beforehand because he's, he's not seen some of them or just so people can do like a watch along thing. I think that's a great idea. We could do that. We could like pick the film now and then yeah. you could like when you put up the, the this episode, you could say next week we are doing... X. Good point. Right. Okay. We'll have a think after this. This this part of the recording is done, and then I will add it in. Yeah. I'll add it in with a bit of jiggery pokery. <laughs> oh, you could just put it on the post, couldn't you? Can I could you just, just put it on the post as well. I mean, I did message him um, because what, obviously... what, what what date is it going to be next? Next the next episode. Be next Friday. What is it? December. It'll be December the. Got to start the mother flipping Christmas films then. Uh, that's a good point. Actually, that is a very good point. Um. It will be December the 3rd in the next episode after right, this one. Well, I think it's time for some Yuletide fun. 
Yeah, well, we'll have a, we'll have a quick think and we'll, we'll stick one in. But yeah, cheers for the suggestion. Um, the, <laughs> <Stick one. laughs> uh, he also mentioned, um, I'd, I'd put on the Patreon, so if you join Patreon, I've mentioned, we haven't really figured out what our offerings are other than thank you for the support. We really appreciate it. But one of the things that I put is that we might look into like a Discord server or a Facebook fan page or something. So the you guys what? can... Discord? So, what, the, what the heck is that? Discord, like a chat server where people oh. can talk. Right. Um, you can join it if you want, Beard. If you don't want to, if you're too busy, I will join it. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, let be you, our, I'll let you cover that. I'll, I'll be our connection to our fans. Um, but yeah, we're, we'll look into that. We'll sort it out. I, it's just obviously... We're still new to all this, <laughs> or I am anyway. Um, if you want to support us and get something for your money, as some people have done, uh, one of my friends actually, um, without forcing him to do this, wore one of the t-shirts out on a night out. So, oh my yeah, days. we got some advertising. I mean, he, he was off his face, so I don't know if it'll have been of a benefit to us at all. But Probably not. He looked good. He looked good. Um, so you can grab a shirt or a mug over at moviemouthfuls.bigcartel.com. If you use the code mouthfuls, you will get 10% off. So that's just so that we can make it nice and cheap without it being ridiculously expensive. I'm just looking at the time we've been going, 1 minute 22. <laughs> Too I mean, long. One well, hour 22. We're, look, we're there now, Beard. We've made it to the, the thank yous bit. So okay. thank you, as always, to Lee and now Hi Honey for the music and the jingles on the pod. We Cheers, do lads. appreciate them. It's probably the only thing that gets Beard to come do this with me. Pretty much. <laughs> Go check out Hi Honey over on your chosen music streaming service or on his YouTube channel. Um, and finally, a big old thank you to Damon again for all the awesome artwork, which is on those said mugs and t-shirts and on the podcast paraphernalia i guess uh we will be back very soon but until then remember to always keep hold of your rental car agreements because you never know when you might need them and also just don't insult taxi drivers because it'll never end well for you you got to add to that um remember to just copy steve martin's insult from the the intro because it's one of the greatest <laughs> of all time if i wanted the joke i'd follow you into the john and watch you take a leak i'm going to use that some point this week Probably to me. Yeah, <laughs> ideally. Right, we'll see you next time. Peace! I'd have to get out of here. This place stinks. <laughs> Is it really that bad? You know, let's say you like your own brand, don't you? And next week we're doing... Green Book. There you go, Scott. <laughs> that was me. Did you hear that? Green Book. Green book. <laughs> <laughs>